So wow. you followed everyone's advice and moved to Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so <laughs> literally I'm, what everyone is saying on the internet is y'all gotta move to y'all gonna move to Texas. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was a decision we came to like completely independent of all of that mess. <laughs> I know, like I I knew the context, so I didn't think about it beforehand. Mm-hmm. But yeah, then I I saw something else, and it was it's like it's just a meme that's in everything now. It's like yeah, you got to move to Texas, right? And like now I'm seeing like the their representative seats are going to be changing because of like the influx of all the people it's just like oh my gosh yeah it's it's like a mass exodus to texas has occurred all of the famous yeah. people you know we we know what we've got here <laughs> we're no different from joe rogan but yeah talking so I'm, about I'm, animes Right. <laughs> I'm in the middle of that of that move to Texas. So I am I am in a uh, I'm in a laundry room at my mom's house. And it is just like it's tiny. It's tiny and echoey compared to the place that I, I, I usually do. But mm. we're going to deal with it, though. Yeah, uh, I am going to say and, and this is before we figured out we were going to have to be kind of quick with this one. I don't mm-hmm. have much to say, mm-hmm. but I also okay. don't know which one we should talk about first because I, I, okay, well, I guess I want to talk about back arrow first just because okay. it feels like back arrow repeatedly is somehow able to stay in this place where I'm not sure if I'm excited about it or not. Yeah. I mean, okay, let's go ahead and talk about it because that's the first one that I watched mainly because for me, the way that I order it is like in order of anticipation. So it's like, I'll watch, okay. I'll watch back arrow or this time it was just like, um, I watched back arrow. I watched Dinazine on, uh, then I watched my hero and, um, nomad. Okay. Um, it was also by order of where I watched it. And like, since both of, you know, uh, my hero and no matter on Hulu, like I watched those in a clump. So anyway, and I, I bra- watched those brain goblins make me do it. I, I watched those last because they come out last and, uh, oh, right, Dynasty, yeah. and back arrow. I both, or I watched both of those on Thursday just because okay. they're there and can be watched. Uh, I would say that while I'm watching Back Arrow, I am enjoying it. Mm-hmm. But there's, I, I repeatedly, and this hasn't changed throughout watching it, which, gosh, what episode number is this 16. for Back Arrow? 16. Okay, yeah. 16 episodes into this, and I'm, I still feel like I haven't made up my mind. Right. It's like... After the end of the episode, I'm just like, okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess that was entertaining, but like, yeah, none of it sticks with me. Like in, in yeah. the moment, I'll enjoy it. Like, okay, the the whole thing with him like choosing Atlee as the new queen or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that was sort of interesting. Like, it's not bad. It's just like, God, it. 
and it keeps threatening. It keeps threatening to be great. Like, I, I think I was right in that, uh, the last episodes were kind of, you know, the end of the the prologue is what it feels like. And now the real story starting. It right. still feels that way. Like, especially with everything with like uh, Tay uh, going over to the side of the elect. Like, like there's a lot of moving parts. Finally, like mm-hmm. it feels like there's a lot of things that are in motion, which is nice because up to this point, it's really felt like going one inch every hour yeah, it's, it's, and it's just felt slow because few, very few things would happen. We focus on one character and it's like, yeah, no one else had anything to do while that person was doing this thing. And what was really frustrating to me was, you know, like the previous episode, it starts out and it's like, you know, or oh, sorry, by the end of the episode, you know, we've reached this really climactic point and it's like, OK, now we're getting moving. And then the beginning of this episode is like. Two months later. Okay. uh. And I I didn't hate that part. I didn't hate the two months later because the two months later, I'm like, every time I see that, I get this immediate feeling of, oh, you're saving me time. But the downside is that oftentimes when there's some time skip, they see the need to explain what happened in the time skip. And it's like, then why did you do a time skip? What was the point if you're going to have to explain it to me anyway? Right. So there was there wasn't too much of that, but the the fact that there was that that is just okay, well, are we getting going or not? <laughs> and I I like the Queen Atlee design, which mm-hmm. I, I feel like I talk about the designs in Back Arrow the most because they're not good. But when they're good, it's really noticeable. I was right. like, that's a good design. And then she immediately goes back to the regular design. And I'm like, ha, ha, I don't <laughs> I don't know what we're doing here. It, it, it's, it was fun to watch Ren training and then watch Ren have that tense scene where she's acting like she's going to uh, assassinate. What's his face? I can't remember his name now. Shoe. 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 Yeah, that, that was a cool scene. And mm-hmm. I liked the kind of reestablishment that it's like you're getting overconfident you're forgetting who this guy is and it's that's a good time to it was a good place to have that because by then most likely everyone has forgotten who shuby is because he hasn't really had much to do lately so that's a cool and that was a cool way to do that and remind you oh yeah this guy's like really competent but uh, it's just i don't I I don't know where it's going and it makes it hard to be excited because where it has gone so far doesn't give me much, much reason to expect it to go anywhere exciting. Yeah. It, I mean, like it still stands like, well, yep. Spider, uh, back arrow still exists. Yeah, it still exists. <laughs> that's that's it. It's fine. Like I'm, I'm enjoying my time. It's definitely like a popcorn show, but I, I, <laughs> I just can't really like tell exactly where it's going. And you like may- the the most exciting point of this episode was when um they it was like the last moment of the episode <laughs> when the person showed the map of of Lingaland and then was like yeah the place that we want oh, to yeah. take you is right here and it's okay. outside the map and it was like okay okay now yes. now we're getting somewhere i forgot about that 
the fact that I forgot about it isn't a good sign. But right. that was actually legit exciting yeah. in the moment. I was like, oh, yes, finally, progress on that thing that was the original hook. Right. Like, now we're talking. And I liked the way it was presented. That was mm-hmm. cool. It was like, no, we're going here. And you're looking on the map. And it's like, there's a flashing right outside the wall. And it's like, <gasps> yeah, that's... That's exciting. So hopefully next time something exciting happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't have much to say about back arrow aside from that. <laughs> Feels like the same thing every week. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like we said this last week, but if we had one more like stellar show, this one probably wouldn't make the cut. Right. Yeah. If we had one more, we'd probably (laughs) just be like, okay, well, we'll come back to back arrow after it's finished and Mm -hmm. see what we have to say. Right now, I haven't found anything else to watch. Uh, I haven't even really like heard of anything. Yeah. And granted, I haven't really been looking because I think what we got, like the the one, two. Or Mm -hmm. I guess it was three. It just wasn't at the same time. Like these three other shows we got right around the same time. It's like it's been quite satisfying. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Back hair was getting to slip by by just being in the right place at the right time and not being terrible. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, we've said that before many times before. That's what's so (laughs) exasperating. But uh, where do we want to go to next? Um, I, I, I don't have much to say about my hero. Uh, so we, we, we can cover my hero real quick. Let me see. Did I, did my I hero any? was, was a very in between episode. It felt like you got the falling action of the previous episode and the rising action of what's going to happen after the fact. But right. I did like the focus on, uh, Tokiyama. Mm-hmm. Fumikage Toki- Tokiyama I actually because I'm watching it subbed and because they'll say it one way and then the subtitles will rearrange it I can never keep it straight in my brain yep. while watching the show which is the uh, family what, name and which is the yeah. given name yeah the, the surname versus the, the, the person's name I yep. can never keep it straight uh, and no one plays him when we play the fighting game so I I I really don't have a reference point. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, but I, that was the only show that got a real battle cry from me. Yep. I and had a couple of best lines, but this is definitely a battle cry. It, and I have a feeling that yours it's the is same the same one. one. There's no <laughs> way it isn't the same one. Cause it's the only one that is, is poised. It's the only one that like, gets gets center stage when mm-hmm. it, when it's uttered and it's those who can fly should yes and it's like <laughs> yeah that's good stuff that's belt if anything yeah. is oh yeah it's like if you can be great it's your responsibility to be great yep and i i like uh how we had the whole thing with hawks like being undercover and mm-hmm. they didn't have to cut away 
from what we're currently invested in. In order to give you a little more details on it, they actually found a smart place to do it where it's like you made a good flashback work for both parallel stories and we didn't have to cut away. So uh, I liked the unveiling of his new ability, even though it was already kind of spoiled by heroes rising that he could already do this. Yeah. So, uh, you can tell that that was supposed to be kind of a cool reveal, even though you knew it was going to happen. It was still a cool reveal just because, Oh yeah. Actually getting to have, uh, Fumikage's inner monologue, which we've never had before. He's very much like one of the side, side characters. Right. Uh, and, uh, like, you know, one, a, they've been giving some spotlight. I mean, like, uh, what's his name? The animal guy. Um, Oh gosh. I can't remember his name, but the one who communicates with animals. Yeah. And they gave him some spotlight last episode. Um, Yeah. And that, that's kind of like what we were talking about last time where it's like this, this kind of feels like a fan service arc where it's like, Oh, you haven't seen these people in a lot of action. So let's give them some action pieces to do. Yeah, the, um, these are episodes of, oh, you think that character has a cool design? Well, they're going to get slightly more screen time for a little bit right now. And mm-hmm. it does feel like biding time because yeah. I, in all honesty, would much rather be figuring out what's going on with All for One and One for All. Mm-hmm. I'd much rather be going down that story path or yeah. seeing the whole thing with Hawks being undercover. But right. I guess it's it's nice to have that here. This is a situation where I'm like, th- this makes sense as a tribute to American superhero comics, which this whole show kind of is. Mm-hmm. But it's also a singular show, and all of those comics were multiple different comic books. But it feels like it's having to do the work of, you know, everything DC or Marvel would have been printing at the time, like, mm-hmm. you know, doing X-Men, the Avengers, Spider-Man, all the individual comics, and they all kind of interweave together. That was what, you know, got so popular in the 80s and 90s. Right. It feels like they're doing that, but they're doing it as one show. So the pacing is kind of suffering for the sake of what the original goal was. So I guess I understand it, but it is suffering. Like, it doesn't change the fact that the pacing does suffer from the fact that you want to have this big, grandiose superhero universe where there are many different important superheroes. And as a result, the main story for the main guy, you know, we're having to we're having to wait for Batman or Spider-Man to get that next chapter in their story. And they're the ones we all really care about. Right. Yeah. I, I really I really am excited to see um, Deku's fight because that's when we're going to that's that's invariably when we're going to see some more stuff about the all for one, one for all connection. So, yeah. And I like that uh, we're getting more of Shinzo and Shinzo seems like there's no way we wouldn't be doing this if he wasn't going to be really important going forward. Right. Like this doesn't feel like we're checking back in with a popular character from before this feels like he's being set up to like be a a central character from now on like yeah 
it, it keeps it keeps coming back to him for this whole arc and he's not a villain it would be one thing if it's like you know you think this guy's about to turn bad he's not he's trying to become like at the same level as deku yeah he's like dead set on it yeah and i i liked the moment where all might was like the the fact that the first emotion he felt is frustration is like the best sign and it's like well that's a relief (laughs) (laughs) yeah however you know i have a problem with perfectionism and uh that frustration boy (laughs) can it turn bad in that case but that that is kind of a uh i don't know that's a a good thing to remember where it's like no it's good to be frustrated because frustration Mm kind of reminds me of uh uh what's the word i'm going with um stress no not stress criticism Frustration mm-hmm. and criticism are are too often, especially to kids, just kind of presented as these negative things. Right. And nah, both are good. Oh yeah, absolutely. So and they're they're almost like uh, I I I hesitate to say corrective. It's more like they are refineries. <clears throat> yeah. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah, not much, not much else. Like you said, it was kind of just like the rising action of the next episode. Um, I'm this whole arc is just going to be it's like, oh, I I wonder what like the manga uh, girls power is. So I'm excited to see like, oh, this is this is the thing that I've been working on that you have not seen. But Mm. that's that's kind of all that this arc really is right now until we get to Deku's fight. So. Yeah, and it's I. It's kind of being glad. set up. Go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I am glad that it's not doing what we were worried about with Jujutsu Kaisen, where it's like going between the more interesting arc and this arc. It's yeah, it's like, kinda, I'm glad that it's like let's pick one, right? Because this is where Deku is at the moment. Right. So at least he's not off doing something that we know is more interesting. Like Mm -hmm. that would, I think that would make this far more difficult to be patient with that being said, it is what Hawks is doing and his story is more interesting than this right now. Right. But at least we kind of got a little bit of information there where they kind of established, yeah, he's been at this for quite a while, like for at least for as long as we've seen him at least. Mm hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't that have much about more to say about it. Sums it up. It's the only one that really had a battle cry, but yeah, I didn't have yeah. a pop off. Like it was a whole show where I, it was a whole episode where I had no pop off. It was just, you know, I was just kind of watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, I mean like all the characters that were kind of in that fight, it was like, I mean, I'm not really like really pulling for any of them except for the fact that like, Oh, you're, you're class one a, so I'm more likely to pull for you. That being said, so. I, I do like Kendo. Yes. However, I think we could have done without the weird exposition dump from uh, Tetsu 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 Tetsu. Like yeah, that, that explained was her whole character. It's like you're literally telling instead of showing. I would have much rather just seen this work out this way. So 
If I was yeah. doing something, you know, like a fan edit, I would chop that all out because I'm assuming she establishes that later, like, like in the next episode that all mm-hmm. gets established. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we can probably move on. Yeah, let's do uh, let's do Dinazinon. Um, uh, this one I kind of forgot right after I watched it. Really? Yeah. Uh, it it doesn't feel like the pacing has slowed down, but it's mm-hmm. feel like if it does feel like the pacing has kind of found its rhythm, and the fact okay. that having the the villain interact with him to some degree at all was like a refreshing thing. I think mm-hmm. felt like a negative to me, where it's like the protagonists interacting with the villain shouldn't feel refreshing at this point in the show. This should have already been kind of established a while ago. And it made me wonder, is all this kind of slow methodical pacing where you're kind of, uh, you know, hanging out with him in regular life. Is this going to make sense later on? Cause it feels like this is, you know, you're assuming it's going to go to really exciting places. And mm-hmm. in uh grid man, which, you know, I'm inevitably going to compare it to, in Gridman, that really had a hook pretty early on. And it was only really the first couple of episodes that felt like this kind of, you know, establishing the world and the, the pace of their lives. Yeah. It got that out in the first two episodes. Then it kind of had the, the urgency and the mystery and all that going till the very end. And it was quite urgent, save for the one, you know, sort of beach episode which then also mm-hmm. has an urgent climactic moment where um, all of the other, like the, the people in suits finally, like, like all get introduced at the end of that one. So, Oh yeah. Okay. I feel like if, if this does get considerably more exciting, which I want it to, mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like rewatching this, this would feel really slow. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I the yeah, that that makes a lot of sense because like there's no real um like we don't understand the stakes aside from the fact that like there's a lot of collateral damage, there's a lot of uh we don't even know if people are dying in this collateral damage. Yeah, they they've it's been kind of unclear about that. In Gridman, that was one of the selling that points was, the was point. yeah. People die, but Everyone other than the main, other than the protagonists and the villain, like no one remembers them or remembers the kaiju. They just remember like that person died a long time ago or something, or like no one knows who that person is. And it was like, that's weird. We have to solve that with this. There's not much mention of it. Yeah. And so there's no like establishment of the stakes. It's just kind of. Oh, there's a monster. We should probably go deal with it. Yeah. Uh, like this last kaiju fight, this one in particular just felt like nothing. It just felt oh, dull. Yeah. Yeah. It felt very quick. It was just like, oh, now, now he's here. Now he's fighting the, the kaiju and the kaiju's gone. Okay. We're good. It was funny while during all of the team call outs, he was like 
coughing and sniffling. That was that was that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's like they're doing their their big macho call outs for their moves. But then right after <laughs> he's like, <laughs> that was funny. I also liked the scene where uh, Minami visits him when he's sick. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, this feels like it would go great in a romance, but I don't even know if that's what the show is. Yeah, it's like, I'm I'm really enjoying the elements that exist in this show. It's just because the show hasn't, like, really shown me where it's going, it's like, I don't know if it fits. <laughs> yeah, it feels like we're still at the same place we were at, say, episode two. Yeah. Like, yeah. everyone feels like they're at the same place in their relationship. They do feel like they're acting more like a team, but like I haven't seen, um, and I, I wish I would write his name down the, the neat with the bowl cut. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen what his dynamic is with Yomagi or, or his dynamic with Minami. Like I've not seen how they are as far as like hanging out or something. Yeah. I haven't seen their d- dynamic with his cousin. Like, they they still feel kind of like islands of story. Like, save for the sort of budding romance, both Yomagi and Minami feel like they're getting different character arcs that are pretty separate from each other. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Like, her character development, it seems like she's arriving at it regardless of what he's doing. And then just her hanging out with him is the side effect of her changing. And it yeah. feels the same with him. Yeah. Yeah, I. It feels very compartmentalized. That's what it, that's the word. Yeah, that's a good word. The conflict, the, the character development, the different interactions with the characters, all of them feel very compartmentalized. Like the con- the the, uh, the action feels compartmentalized from the world that they exist in. Mm hmm. <laughs> And the conflict is absolutely compartmentalized. Yeah. And and when they're interacting with the villain, like he starts going to their school, it's like it, it feels separate from everything else going on. It's like he, it was kind of, you know, played for laughs and, you know, he, he gets a Galma fired. Right. (laughs) That's the thing. It's consistently pretty funny. Oh Yeah. It's it's I would say it's funnier than Gridman and it's fun, but I I don't know. I don't know where it's going yet. And it feels like by now I should know. Yeah. Which episode was this again? Good question. I never write this crap down anymore. I always forget. I'm just like, I need to watch the show. I don't have time and I don't have my notebook with me. It was episode five. No, it may have been episode four. Well, I'm not going to guess. I'm just going to look it up. Uh, well, I thought I was, but <clears> then <throat> Funimation decided to not show me. Oh, what gives Funimation? They changed their uh, interface between when I last checked. Like I just refreshed it. They got like a different color scheme and everything. And now I can't freaking find anything. <laughs> Here, I've got to check. Uh, maybe I should check my freaking queue. I don't know. 
well, okay. I thought I was going to, I thought that was going to be an easy thing to look up and just know, but right. never mind. <laughs> Either way. I mean, like we're, we're at an episode number where it's like, we should at least have a little bit of direction. Even if it's not like we, we don't know what the end result is. We should at least have some notion as to where we're going. <laughs> I, yeah, I should have a, I, I should have a better grasp on what's going on or it should be a point that we don't have a grasp on what's going on. Like right. Gridman. Right. This feels like at a, this feels like we're at the point where there should be a tension in where it's like what's going on or it should be I know where this is going and I'm you know I'm now I'm I'm on board. I'm here for the ride. Mm-hmm. There doesn't feel to be any urgency with his villains maybe because I you know it's a it's a combination of things. It's I don't know what the stakes are. Uh mm-hmm. I I don't know how bad they are. And the fact that the main interaction we have with a villain in this one just feels completely unremarkable. Yeah. And also the fact that the characters specifically Yomagi, uh, how he's just kind of like kind of nonchalant about practicing with his role in Dinazenon. It's just like, yeah. I mean, it feels like he doesn't feel very much urgency with these kaiju. And it's like, because he doesn't feel any urgency, then I don't really feel any urgency. And yeah. I mean, like, th- the show is incredibly comfy. <clears throat> like, it's 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 a pleasure yeah. to watch. The soundscape is amazing. The, you yeah, know, the, vo- I, the voice acting, the timing of the jokes, it's all on point. It's just like, I, I don't know I'm, where I'm it's gonna... going. <laughs> I'm going to say like of of my friends that enjoy kind of those laid back indie films. This is the anime I would recommend to them. Right. Because it's very laid back. The way it's shot feels very uh, personable. Mm-hmm. feels very real. But yeah. just talking straight up the plot right now. There's just not much there. Yeah, it's like if I was to boil down what I know about the plot, it's like I could probably say everything in like five sentences. It's like yeah. that that's yeah. uh that's not a lot. <laughs> you know what and I, I think I would struggle to do that. You know what I thought was gonna happen this week? I was thinking we're gonna start on the path of figuring out that person Gaum is trying to see. And you know, they're gonna get caught up in that and that's gonna be the adventure. None of that, that was what no he progress about on last that. week, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that was like I, that was what I thought the hook was going to be. But it's like, nope, yet another monster of the week and a kind of. And maybe this is the point I'm just saying in the moment, it, it feels like a kind of uh, neutering of the villains because mm. of the interaction we have with them. It's like, oh, well, I don't think this is a bad dude. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't have much of a desire to see them defeated when yeah. I probably should. And I mean, like the gag, the, the gag with them has also now become that red haired dude who just like almost dies. dies every time. Yeah. So there's, there's like a lot of jokes. I almost wonder, is this going to be like a, uh, a, a, what well, I won't see what's a good comparison. Is this going to be like a Transformers 3 situation where the whole first like two thirds of the movie are the most silly and happy go lucky they've ever been? 
And then the last, like the final act just gets super dark and intense. Yeah. I'm, are we going to, are we going to melt iron hide here in a minute? Like. God, man, that <laughs> it felt like, yeah, okay. There's some stakes, but looking back, it's like that comes out of freaking nowhere. <laughs> It's like, okay, who expected Iron Eye was just going to get killed off in a really brutal way? We hadn't had much of him since the first movie, so that was kind of weird. Anyway, <laughs> uh, that that's what makes me think, you know, I'm, I'm trying to imagine a method to the madness. I'm just right. assuming, is it to counterbalance the season itself, or is it just is it not totally intentional? Is it kind of they're thinking they needed more time than they do? Because I'm yeah. ready to move on. If if this next episode is just another monster of the week with some casual character development and like casual revealing of information, I'm going to be like, y'all, this is a 12 episode show. I would assume we need to get going. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm I'm in for the ride. I'm enjoying what I'm watching, but uh, yeah, I, it's, um, I, I think that if it's if it's another monster of the week thing, I'll probably start if I have time. Gosh, with all this moving, I'll probably start yeah. looking for a, a, like a, a show to replace it. And then we can kind of like what you're talking about with back arrow is like we can vi- revisit it once it's finished. The thing is, we shouldn't have to. It's only 12 right. episodes. This should it's be like a this show. Should be- yeah, it's it's a trigger show, and it's. I think what's making it so easy to watch is that it's a trigger show. Very mm-hmm. nice art, very nice animation. The character design is stellar. Uh, mm-hmm. Pretty good voice acting. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's high quality. It really like like, and the writing's great. The execution's mm-hmm. great. It's just the plot that feels like the dud right now. It's like okay, come on, you, we, all of this cannot carry the plot. The plot has to move. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't have a battle cry. Uh, didn't really have a pop off. Uh, definitely didn't set my solo blaze. I think I guess that's the problem. Yeah. In fact, I'm not 100% sure if this feels like belt at all, because I don't know what the stakes are. It's kind of like with belt. It has to feel like a situation that you can't win, but you try anyway. Right. And uh, they kind of just win all the time and it doesn't really seem like they have to try. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. It seems like these guys are just like or the, the, the kaiju are just like paper they're cutting through. So, yeah. Uh, the, the funny part being that the uh, kaiju in Gridman were paper mache. <laughs> paper mache. <laughs> um, so uh, we were kind of right. I was kind of right, but it, it about was Nomad. A whole, we're talking about Nomad now. <laughs> yeah, we're going to Nomad. And yeah, we, we were sort of right, but not at all in the way we expected. Yeah. And I think it worked out for the better. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, like it, it. So this episode kind of uh, showed me that this new season, this new show of Megalobox um, kind of has a similar layout to the first uh, show season of Megalobox, where it's like everything is kind of self-contained. Like the uh, the 
the fights were always these three episode chunks um, for Megalobox one. And so like the fight with the army dude, you know, it was it was three episodes. You know, the uh, it had like the the introduction, the rising action, you know, them getting ready for the fight and then the fight. And it's like you get a nice little uh, self-contained story where you're learning about the end, the opponent. You're learning about the struggle that Joe is going to have to overcome in that like struggle. And then you get the payoff. And I think that this might be where this show is going. It's like you have the first arc, which is just him. You see, you know, uh, Chief, and then you see Joe having to overcome his addiction, having to overcome his uh, his brain goblins so that he can step What's this in. new thing you got? Have you been listening to Castle Super Beast? <laughs> no, I, I just recently, like I said it earlier, and now it's stuck in my head like a freaking because brain goblin. <laughs> th- this is a long term. This is a long standing joke from Super Best Friends Play and now. As your uh, yeah, uh, Castle Super Beast, where Pat, he has mind goblins, and they're exactly what you're describing. But it's like <laughs> been the longest running joke, and I'm like, have you been watching that? Because cool, we get to we get to talk about it. But the first time that I heard it was from one of my one of my friends at work, and he had said he it. He watches Super it. Best Friends play. That's yes. where it comes yes. from. Yes, he had, he had said it, and like. I, I didn't know that it was from anything. I just thought it was hilarious. And yeah, I, I just I just remembered it. It's funnier than I can describe when you go into when you go into why they're called that in, in, like in, in the context of Pat, because he'll start to describe them. And the more they get described and it, with each one that's introduced, it's like this guy's crazy. <laughs> This is a actual crazy person. Like he's high functioning, but wow, I couldn't live with these. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, this was four episodes and it felt like a complete arc. Wait, this was only four episodes. Yeah. This is the fourth episode. Wow. Then this show has really good pacing. Yes. It felt They're- like fewer well, they're telling a very like concise story in like, okay. I almost felt like it was longer because like they had told so much story. Yeah. Um, I, I do have a criticism for this last okay. episode. It does okay. feel like it was wrapped up a little too nicely and a little too quickly right at the end. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, I wouldn't have noticed it if there weren't so many fade to blacks. Huh? Oh, yeah, it felt like it kept ending. Yeah, it was just like, it was like, oh, and we're going to fade to black and we're going to fade back in and we're going to end it again. But for this character. And and here's the thing. It it almost kind of felt like an Avengers Endgame situation where while I'm watching it, I'm like, wow, we're wasting no time. These cuts and edits are fantastic. Like we're just moving through this story. Mm hmm. But then the ending keeps ending and it's like, oh, so the whole reason we had great pacing up to this point was because it was going to all screech to a halt at the end. Like, I remember thinking in the middle of the fight, 
where they have that transition where it goes to the sponge being squeezed over him. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is phenomenal. Like mm-hmm. how quickly and how smartly they're getting through the fight while keeping you invested and showing all, all you all these awesome shots of like the slow-mo and the hits and the, the give and take. Yeah. I was like, this is really good. This is like the, uh, it's the opposite version of what the first creed accomplished where like it's a one big long tracking shot when you get to the final fight. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's these really fast cuts, but they're being done in the best way possible. Like it's it's just the the good nutritious stuff. Yeah. But then, you know, when it feels like, you know, we got some falling action and I have to wonder, was it in order to catch you off guard better? Was it like for the people who like, you know, have a sense of how long the episode's been going, was it in order to make you think there was going to be another leg to the episode so that they could shock you for when, which full spoilers for everything we're talking about was to kind of shock you when chief dies. Right. Because after he dies, it's kind of just the send off to the entire arc. And then, you know, the, a quick little, nod to Joe starting the next arc. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It felt like it just, it all, it was all paced well, but then it falls in this awkward place where it's like, well, this can't carry next week's episode, but we're not going to have the time to give it the space it needs with what we have left. So it's like, despite all of the great pacing beforehand, it wasn't enough to make it come quicker in order to give this the breathing room it needed and it can't justify a full episodes on, on its own. Yeah. This, be, that being said, th- those criticisms are extremely minor because it, everything for this show is really well done mm-hmm. and I still vastly enjoyed it. Oh like, yeah. The fight was great. The, the, rising action to it. I, I liked the, the conflict where it's like chief is having to fight, you know, the, the homegrown, like the Japanese guy that everyone here is going to be rooting for because this is Japan and this place doesn't like the immigrants. Right. It's like, that was a cool setup where it's like, he's literally having to fight the one that everyone is going to root for. And like, as a result, they're going to have be really biased on which fouls are being called like and i like how they didn't they didn't do this thing that i hate in every boxing movie or every sports movie where they try to establish that the the refs are crooked in some way and it's like we know the ref is crooked if you just show him being crooked right and and like you you were talking about um uh telling rather than showing about my hero and it's like uh-huh. well well this one is the opposite it was showing and not telling like when N- no man's got no tell in it yeah megalobox has no tell in it it's crazy and there was but there was a moment where it's like it conveyed it's like there are some lines that the refs won't let him cross like when he backhanded um when he backhanded yeah. chief and it was like, it and was then they way called too the obvious. <laughs> yeah. They called the yeah. foul and it was like, all right. So now we know the limit of what now that we know guy the rules. can do. <laughs> yeah. So now there's actual tension. Cause before that happens, you're kind of like, 
oh, he's going to lose and and nothing's right. going to matter. It's just easier. The guy's just going to cheat. But then that happens and it's like, oh, I'm back in now because now it's like now they're even. And it's like, oh, <laughs> and then, yeah. you know, he keeps getting hit in the head. And that's, you know, the explanation for uh, why he dies, mm-hmm. which I was like, yeah, uh, that's a boxer death. Yeah. Is, when, uh, he didn't get up the next morning when he said um, that he was afraid to go to sleep that put it in my head. I was like, yeah, that was not, a double fake out. Wake up. I was like, he's not going to wake up <laughs> because that's what Joe was thinking. He was saying, right. That was his reaction was, oh, dude, are you not OK? <laughs> but then like, he, uh, he says I'll it's something different because <laughs> <laughs> Joe knows what happens to boxers when they are afraid to go to sleep. Right. Um, but then, you know, and then of course Joe knows exactly what happened mm-hmm. when, when they find it and like everyone else is confused and he's just looking at it like, yeah, I probably could have assumed this was going to happen. Yeah. But then at the end, I, I wasn't, I, I'm, I'm not so sure about the order that information was revealed. And I, I'm thinking it's possible it's because it was, uh, in order to get you surprised that chief died in order to, in order to get that moment. Mm-hmm. But like, for instance, if before he died, they said that they made enough money to buy the land, it would have been less surprising that he died. Cause you would have been like, Oh, this story's ending. Yeah. Like, it, like, Oh, chief accomplished his goal. Like it makes sense thematically for him to, like die and the thing is it does make sense thematically for him Mm -hmm. to die here in fact i felt pieces clicking into place and and Mm -hmm. it was like okay so this is this is a thing that you know it's easy to see this when you're watching fiction or when you see this happen to someone else it's easy to see you know their story form itself around something that seems unfair and tragic and senseless. Mm -hmm. If it's happening to you, no, it doesn't make any sense, (laughs) especially not for at least a good long time. But at this point it was like chief dying here while it was surprising. Like when he said, I'm going to go get chief. It didn't occur to me for a second that they were about to kill him off. I had literally just been satisfied that they weren't. Like That's I was funny. like, okay, so he's not going to die, but it's so obvious. Right. <laughs> like, when right. He's like, when I'm going to go get chief. I was like, oh, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. When, when, they, when they did that, I was like, oh yeah. I mean, especially when, when she was like getting breakfast ready, I was like, oh yeah, he's, he's not coming to breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be, you know, now we're, we're, we, he got over that big fight. Now we're going to, you know, move on to Megalobox. Mm-hmm. This, and, and Joe's going to be the second and I'm enjoying this story. But then right after you get these details, it's like, yeah, I really did get everything I could mm-hmm. from that. We really did ring every ounce of uh, possible story and character development from that arc. So yeah. it really does finish here. Yeah. And I yeah. liked how Joe got his gear. I was like, yeah. yeah, that's cool. I I also I liked the way that uh, uh, what's his name, the kid, uh, Mio, 
Mio. Yeah, I liked the way they wrapped up his story, and I liked, I liked the kind of callback to the thing with the birds that he sees in that uh, wall as they're driving past it. I was like, man, do you know what this anime makes me feel like? Hmm. It makes me want to think this is a really good movie because it's so <laughs> cinematic. Like, yeah. <laughs> they've really done their homework on like visual storytelling because I feel like with a lot of animes, especially ones that are adapted from manga, they are grounded in the visual language of manga. Right. And that's different from the visual language of um, like film cinema. Yeah. It's like, and you know, animation is different from that. Mm -hmm. Like adaptations of manga, I think sell themselves short by just being straight adaptations of manga. And this is where, you know, you get into the weeds with people where they're like, you know, the people are like the book was better. The manga was better. Most likely, but I think when you're adapting something to a different medium, you kind of have to make it work in that medium. And if you right. don't, why are you doing it? Like, yeah, if you're just translating, if you're just translating without <clears throat> the nuances of the medium that you're putting it in, then what's the point of you putting it in that medium? Right. And pacing feels completely different in each one. Like, mm-hmm. even just going from TV show to movie, we all know that pacing feels totally different. Like, right. the MCU is not paced like a television series. It has to be completely different. And, you know, that's right. kind of... It's the only one of its kind that really worked out so far. You know, this big series, multiverse franchise of films. But uh, with, like, a single movie... Like, okay, so let's say, like, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to have to be told different and rearranged in order to put it in three movies. Right. Like, three, books, three big books versus three big movies. It's It has to be completely different. And I think they did it really well, and most everyone agrees. But with Lord of the Rings, you don't hear a lot of, well, the book is better. Because it's kind of assumed well, the book is the book, right? The you book know, is that, the, the book is the source. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. That's Tolkien's material, but you don't get a lot of people insisting, you know, walking into the mm-hmm. conversation and making it about. Well, the book was better, and it's like, dude, literally, no one cares. Who are you? <laughs> Where are your parents? <laughs> yes, we're talking about the movies. It's a different thing because the <laughs> movies are great, right? In. in uh, Megalobox. This, I, I, as far as I know, I don't think this is adapted from a manga. I don't. Let think me so look. Either. Actually, I feel like I should. I should check that before I, you know, start shooting from the hip. <laughs> Let me check the Wikipedia. If it is a manga adaptation, that would be all the more impressive that they chose to go such a specialized route in their storytelling okay so i forgot about this um it is based off of a manga oh. that was hold on let me see hang on this seems like maybe it was a multimedia thing like it was a simultaneous situation mm-hmm. Gosh, uh, this rocking chair is so creaky. Okay, so 
The manga was the adaptation. Oh. Okay. Uh, let me look at the dates here. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, uh, strangely enough, the manga is the adaptation, but the manga was a few months before the show, because animation takes a while to make. So, right. yes, this was a multimedia thing. These guys were involved. Like, they knew what the plot was going to be, they knew the visuals, they knew the character designs before they did the manga, but then the anime was made totally separate. The anime oh. is the original thing. Okay. And uh, Nomad has had no such manga. So it is, you know, both the animes were just totally original. Yeah. That being said, Megalobox itself is a sort of adaptation of a different manga and anime and film called Ashita no Joe, which is yes. translated to Tomorrow's Joe, which I'm like, yeah, we should call that Ashita no Joe because that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> But, you know, uh, that wasn't sci-fi. It didn't have, you know, gear and stuff like that. It's like, uh, that was a very different thing. It also had a lot of games. Like, there was an arcade game by S&K. Oh. Hmm. So, like, this was a thing. This is a a reasonably popular thing. Uh, And Megalobox is, I think, literally the only thing they have in common is that the main character is named Joe and they both box. Hmm. The similarities are lining up. (laughs) It really isn't an adaptation. It's my point. And what I've noticed, anime that aren't adaptation, like, okay, with Trigger, that feels like anime. Like, -hmm. that feels like uh, anime that is using the language of animation alone. Right. And then you get to Megalobox, and it's like, this is an animation using the language of film. And not the language of manga or comics or anything like that. This was, you know, this feels more in line with something that you would see from Hollywood. Yeah. I mean, like the way that they capture the grit I and the uh, like, I think we pointed this out with the original Megalobox, but the um, the backgrounds just feel like real like the uh like the crowds and things like that it's just like it feels alive it feels very color corrected too and mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. there's there is a liveliness to everything in the frame mm-hmm. there's a there's a depth and liveliness to it that makes it feel like this comes from the language of film whereas manga yep. you know uh flat uh everything is very um you, the panels in manga, you know, those direct your eye on a path. Mm-hmm. Whereas with film, there's the dimension of time. So that works completely different. Yeah. And it's why you kind of get the feeling when something's just a straight up manga adaptation, like it keeps the same shots and everything. It's why you get the feeling of this feels very two dimensional, feels very flat. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, here's another comparison. When a movie feels like it's in the language of of a play, like the stage, everything feels very static. Like it's very, you're looking at the characters from a certain direction. Yeah, it feels very staged. Yes. 
Uh, I mean, Looney Tunes feels like that. Looney Tunes feels like a stage comedy show. Mm-hmm. It's very, you're looking left to right and you're not going in, in into the deep for any of this stuff. If anyone goes into the frame, that's them going backstage. Like, I don't know right. if you ever thought about this when you watch Looney Tunes, anytime one of them like goes into the foreground, the camera does not follow because it's a stage that they're on. That's pretty so, funny. I don't know if I ever like put that together. <laughs> like, you know, the, the comedy scene where someone like, you know, runs into the painting of the road. Yeah. It's like they're, they're exiting to the back of the stage. The camera doesn't follow them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that scene in the truck it was like, this just feels like a movie. And, mm-hmm. and it's so uh, like the it's, it's desaturated, but it's rich, I guess is the word. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely feels like it feels like a movie. It feels like I just like with those four episodes, like I watched a movie and I wish I kind of wish that we had like, the opportunity to to just watch those four episodes back to back to back to back to back. But I I think this feels paced or this feels like it would, it would be, what am I trying to say? It would benefit from being a mini series. Like it was, you know, nomad part one, part two, part three, because it's 13 episodes. If you broke this into, uh, chunks of four episodes it could feel like a miniseries yeah and you know that would if you if you literally just took all the episodes and stuck them on the ends of each other it would work out to about 80 minutes so like an hour and 20 minutes yeah perfect yeah but it's not that uh, so you get this last episode having some somewhat awkward pacing because it's an episode. So the climax needs to come later than it would if you really just had 80 minutes to tell the story. I think Chief right. dying would have happened much earlier and you would have gotten some real falling action and epilogue and stuff. But instead, that stuff kind of has to be explained really quick. You know, we see him taking the sign off and it's like uh, the mafia has been defeated. And I was like, oh, I didn't know it was such a complete defeat that soon. Right. It's just like where we're tying a bow and Joe's off. It does kind of feel like it's happening at the same place that the first show had him getting out of the fixed fights. Where it's like, no, he's entering, he's entering Megalobox now. Yeah. It happens right around that same time. So still good pacing. I -hmm. guess it's just unfortunate the way that things have had to kind of fall into place. Yeah. And, and I don't, uh, I like, I wouldn't begrudge them for the way the pacing has worked itself out. Yeah. I'd but still I am, recommend am, this so hard to everyone. Oh, yeah. Like, I am definitely excited for next episode. Yeah. I, I was like, uh, now that Joe's back to being the main character and the fact that it didn't feel like my time was wasted mm-hmm. in the previous arc. It's like I was able to be sold on a thing I wasn't expecting. Yeah. And it got to run its course in what felt like a full and authentic story that did not betray me. 
and had a an important chunk of development for Joe. And he doesn't feel like he's in the same place. It doesn't feel like he got back to where he was. You know, it's not like, you know, oh, Joe's back, baby. It feels like Joe is has grown from where right. he was before. Right. It's like he, he's got much different knowledge. He's in a much different place than he was at this same point in season one. Yeah. And I really enjoy that, uh, that feeling of, um, you know, when an arc wraps up, it's like, you know, if the rest of the show sucks, this was awesome. Like this was amazing. And yeah, I, I, and I trust them that it's not going to suck, but even (laughs) if it does suck, I am beyond satisfied. Yeah, it's like I could just recommend people the first four episodes of Nomad. Right. If the rest no, of it no was strings horrible. attached. It's like no yeah. strings attached. There's no caveats. There's no, oh, yeah, you have to watch out for this episode. Skip this episode. And it's like, no, it, this is just <clears throat> purely great. Yeah, it's like this episode. And I'm not using that in the. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I can't use that word, huh? <laughs> it's not the right word. This phase in Joe's life mm-hmm. is, uh, well, I knew what I was going to say when I used the word episode, but that discombobulated <laughs> me so much that I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, now I'm lost. I'm in the woods. <laughs> this, this phase of Joe's life is purely summarized in those four episodes. If we see nothing else. Yes. Uh, it's kind of like, okay, now we have the blueprint for what Joe has to go do. Right. And, you know, he, it wasn't a situation where this is chief story. It's like, no, Joe goes through a load of character development. Probably the most he ever has in this short amount of time. Yeah. Like, th- this was a, a trial by fire. This is a rebirth for yeah. his character. And even if we don't know like what happened between him and uh and Nanbu, it's like this was a redeemed version of Nanbu's death. It's like he yeah. was he was able to be there. He was able to like to fight the fight with this new Nanbu character. Yeah. So uh, he also was able to step into Nanbu's shoes, and I think that was symbolic. Yeah. Where it's like he's now doing what Nanbu did for him, and it's giving him perspective. And I was glad that the vision of Nanbu didn't come back, because it makes that scene where he disappears as effective as it should have been, because right. it was brilliant the way that was done, where it's like holds out his hand, and then it goes to Joe's POV, and it's like, he kind of the fog goes away mm-hmm. and he's there in his room and it's like, gosh, I'm so glad that actually meant something. Yeah. Such a good scene. Uh, but yeah, um, him symbolically kind of taking the role of Nanbu in order to forgive Nanbu. Because in order to forgive himself, he has to forgive Nanbu for dying, which he hadn't done yet. Right. Yeah. It's like because Nanbu dying is is the one making Joe feel like he killed him, <laughs> which right. sounds selfish. But you kind of have to go through that. Yeah, that's that's an important part of the grieving process. And this version of Nanbu he's been visualizing and is 
the one from the past that kind of, you know, wasn't very good to Joe. Right. Not the, one not with- the non-boo that we kind of saw right at the end of Megalobox, who was like, who was, no pun absolutely intended, in Joe's corner. Right. And, you know, had kind of become this sort of sage figure mm-hmm. rather than... You know, the, the, the scheming, the scheming, uh, was he a drunk? Yeah, he was, he was yeah. the scheming drunk yeah. that was keeping the, you where you are. Yeah, he, he was kind of the, uh, the, the tyrannical, uh, drunk, the, the tyrannical drunk stepfather character was what Nanbu was. Right. And then he becomes the sort of the Uncle Iroh mm-hmm. by the end. So... In in the version he was seeing was the 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 drunk, <laughs> right? Yeah. So now that version has kind of been forgiven, so that Joe can actually forgive himself. Yeah. And yeah, uh, I think that arc's complete to the to the point where now I'm like, our emotional hook. What's it gonna be? Yeah. Because I'd really prefer them not, you know, dig up the the drug subplot again, because that would just feel like retread and it would kind of feel like getting it would kind of feel like muck. Like, well, we got the story stuck in mud. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they would dig that back up. I I, I, I hope not. Yeah, I think that I think that they've proven that we can trust them. E. I mean, so far, I mean, this is the most high quality, consistent show. Like, this is. I think this and Doctor Stone really are the best that we've covered. Yeah, as far as like watching new shows as they're aired, especially as far as sequels. Oh yes. Man. Well, or, well, Stone Wars was really good. Well, yeah, that's what I was saying. Oh, you're saying those two. <laughs> I thought you were saying uh, Nomad was like the best in terms oh, no, of Oh, no, no. Yeah, I was saying both of them are really yeah, good. Yeah, no, I, like, I got confused. series slash seasons. <laughs> good job. <laughs> they're, they're the best season two as we've covered. Yes. Gosh, far from the worst. <laughs> Boy, are there some worst. <laughs> oh, looking at you, Fire Force. Looking yeah. at you. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Anyway. Apparently, apparently Promised Neverland season two is just the hottest pile of garbage. Wait, really? Yeah, apparently it is just atrocious. Yeah, I've I've been seeing it get pushed everywhere. Yeah, almost every out, people uh, might not have taste. So almost everything that I've seen has been like, <laughs> if you enjoyed the first season of Promised Neverland, do not watch the second one. It's a shame that it only ever got one season. Mm, got so. it. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah. Uh, anyway, one of my coworkers, different coworker from the one who uh, Attack on Titan is his favorite mm-hmm. anime. But mm-hmm. 
Uh, this is we're, I'm, we're wrapped up on the other conversation. I just want to throw this in here at the end because I don't really have anything else to say and I kind of have to go. But um, <laughs> this uh, this coworker, he mm-hmm. was like, so I finished the Attack on Titan manga. So he's he's seen the whole story now. Whole okay. story's out. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I was like. And what did you think of? <laughs> he was being very quiet and he was like, I kind of wondered why I did it to begin with. Oh no. He was like, I made it all the way through, still wondering when this was supposed to get any good. Oh no. And I was like, whoa, wait, what? Huh? That sucks. That being said, this coworker also like saw fit to binge watch every single episode of Pokemon, which oh, for one God. way too many episodes. No. And also who could possibly have the patience to watch a show like Pokemon for that long. <laughs> so, you know, keeping that in mind, different yeah. tastes, man. It's like I, I keep wanting to like just start, you know, gnawing away at the elephant that is uh, one piece. But I just I can't. <laughs> I, there's it, it too is, much. It, it is past the threshold for me. I don't think I could ever read or watch one piece. It simply is too long. Yeah, I guess. And I, I guess I'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I guess I'll never know. And uh, I mean. I, I don't begrudge myself for that. I think it's just hilariously too long. Like, that's just... It's to the point where it's comedic. It's yeah. such overkill. It's like, yeah, you should have ended this a very, very, very long time ago. Because at this point, I'm, I'm never going to even try. I can't even take seriously the suggestions that I should. I'm like, do you know what you're asking me? Yeah. It's like, like, do you realize how many hours of my life you're asking me to spend on something? Uh, oh my gosh. It's like, it's a, it's in the thousands now, isn't it? Uh, who cares? It might as well be. It <laughs> might as, it might as well be 5,000 episodes. If it's, if it's 800 episodes, it might as well be 5,000. Let's see. I'm, I'm actually curious. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit the. I'm just saying. It effectively means the same thing to me. Those numbers are the same to me. It's like, you know, for someone who isn't a millionaire, a millionaire, a millionaire and a billionaire. What's the difference? It's like, how can how can I even appreciate the difference there? It's nine hundred and seventy one episodes. Yeah, it's like uh, once the show reaches episode 400, I'm like, what are we doing here? Why did we need 400 episodes for a story? Yeah. It's like, have y'all seen Drive? Right. <laughs> like, movie's not very long. It's a brilliant story. They tell everything that they need to. Yep, cover to cover. Or rather, opening credits to end credits, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I'm <laughs> I'm getting more vindicated in my affinity for short things. Yeah. The more I just 
the more I enjoy short things, it vindicates me. And I mean, now it's creeped into video games where it's like, yep, if you're longer than 40 minutes, then you are not worth my time. (laughs) (laughs) Because a 40 minute game can be played forever. Mm -hmm. Whereas, boy, have I not come back to near Automata in the right frame of mind because I feel like so much of my time is being wasted Interesting. and I didn't feel it before before hmm. it was like yeah I'll do every side quest now it's just like can I please just get to the main objective dang it's like I know <laughs> I know what happens after this I know it's better let me go there but you know the side quests are how you unlock new moves and upgrade your weapons so right lord I think this is going to be a big old hot take. I think Nier Automata is Platinum's worst game. Ooh. And it's like, I loved it before. And I still love the story. Mm-hmm. I think if the story, if the pacing of the gameplay was just somehow better, what am I going? I have to go. I, I'm just going on <laughs> about stuff. <laughs> go beyond plus ultra. Killing people is bad. Tell your story quickly. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Wrap it up, baby. Also, also honorable mention, those who can fly should. Yes. That's a good message. That's a good one. We'll see y'all next week. Quiero su camino